Well, good afternoon. Welcome everyone here. We are gathered here this afternoon uh, because we want to honor the life of a dearly beloved senior saint, Bernice Horwath. We're here to honor her life, but we're here to celebrate though too, to celebrate the gift of eternal life which she had through faith in Jesus. We're here to take some time to reflect on who she was and what she means to us and continues to mean to us. And we're here to receive comfort in our grief. So then we want to welcome all of you who are here with us in the sanctuary, but also those of you who are joining us online now, as well as those who are watching a recording of this later. So as we get started then, let's take a moment and pray, shall we? O Lord, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And I pray that this service will honor B's memory and bring comfort to all of us here. We humbly ask you now to look down upon our grieving hearts and to be gracious to us. Help us to cast every care upon you and through your mercy and grace find comfort and peace. And we ask all of these things in the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. While we experience the grief of loss, how comforting it is for us to know that we can rest in the hope of eternal life. And as Jesus was preparing to leave his disciples and go to the cross, he gave them and us these words of reassurance. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. And you know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, B had a strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So even as we grieve our loss, as we miss her, we can take comfort in the fact that B is now present in the presence of the Lord. She has checked into her room in the Father's house And she is more alive now than she ever was here. And I have no doubt that Lou, her beloved Lou, the scout, directed her and showed her to her room in the father's house. Now, some of you know this. You know that Lou, one of the things Lou loved to do, he was always the scout, scouting out ahead. Whenever you were going somewhere with B and Lou, Lou would always be out ahead, looking out, seeing what's up there, what to do, where to go, what to see there, right? Lou was always the scout. And so I think it's fitting that Lou went home to be with the Lord first because he's scouting out heaven for B. And I have no doubt he did that. I have no doubt that he met her and he showed her to her room in the Father's house then. So our opening song, though, today is called One Day. And there is a reason that we are singing this particular song. This was one of B's favorite hymns. And I have been told the story behind its significance for B. It seems that when she was about three or four years old, she had memorized that song. And one day her dad then drove her down to the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, where she sang it 
live over their radio station while standing on a chair so she could reach the microphone. And boy, wouldn't it be something if there was a recording? I don't know if there is, but wouldn't it be something if there was a recording of that and we were able to get a hold of that now? So leading us then today in musical worship is a dear friend of Bee's, Beanie as they call her, uh, named Esther, Esther Peichel. And playing guitar then for us is Esther's son, David Peichel. Now, as it turns out, uh, David and I were students together at Moody Bible Institute. Uh, he was one year ahead of, me, ahead of me in school, but now here we are 37 years later ministering together to honor the life of a precious saint who is now present with the Lord. So Esther, Dave, would you come up and lead us in one day, please? Mom and I were honored to attend the Sunday morning service here today, and God bless you, Pastor Dan, and all those who are here, and where Lou and Beanie, yes, Beanie, um, praised the Lord and served. If you want to stand, you can, but we're not going to force that. It's up to you, but we would ask that you would sing with us the lyrics to the song, and I'm told that the lyrics are going to be up on the screen. Thank you very much. One day when heaven was filled with its praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day. We're going to read verses 2 and 3. Lyrics. One day they led him up Calvary's mountain. One day they nailed him to die on the tree. Suffering anguish, despised and rejected, bearing our sins, my Redeemer is he. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified freely forever, one day he's coming. O glorious day. And then verse 3. One day they left him alone in the garden. One day he rested from suffering free. Angels came down o'er his tomb to keep vigil. Hope of the hopeless, my Savior is he. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified 
freely forever. One day he's coming. Oh, glorious day. And verse 4 and 5 will sing. One day the grave could conceal him no longer. One day the stone rolled away from the shore. Then he arose over death he had conquered. Dwelt amongst men by Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified freely forever, one day he's coming, oh glorious day. Savior, this Jesus is mine. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified freely forever. One day he's come. Well, who was B? Or we might more accurately, biblically say, who is B? What kind of a person was she? What kind of a person is she? Now, in just a few moments, I will give anyone who would like to speak an opportunity to share your thoughts with us. Uh, But first, her obituary tells us this. Bernice B. Horwath, age 95, passed away peacefully on December 26, 2021. She was born on December 5th, 1926, in Chicago, Illinois, to Arthur and Agnes Jeffers Meyer. She met, and and I always remember, Lou always called her Meyer. Hey, Meyer, let's go, Meyer, right? But she met, and speaking of, she met and married the love of her life, Lou Horwath, on March 22nd, 1957, at the Grace Lutheran Church. She and Lou were residents of Wonder Lake for more than 33 years. Bernice went to Steinmetz High School in Chicago and loved going to her many reunions. She worked at Western Electric for 30 years as a bookkeeper. She and Lou traveled through all 50 states and also made 23 trips to Europe. That amazes me. She was a member of the Wonder Lake Bible Church doing Bible studies and where you could hear her beautiful voice in the choir. Family was one of the very important things to her. She had over 150 family members, and she knew all of their birthdays and anniversaries. She was the historian of the family that was always willing to lend an ear to listen to you. Christmas was very special to her, with over 40 people in her basement on Christmas Eve, where Santa always made an appearance, and she also loved to cook. 
Bernice is survived by many nieces and nephews, as well as extended family and friends. She was preceded in death by her husband, Lou, in 2014, as well as three brothers and two sisters. So how will I remember B? Well, there are many things. I I could spend quite a bit of time talking with you about that, Uh, but there's just a few things that came to mind immediately that I thought I would share with you. One of them is that B always had a smile on her face. You know, every time I'd see her, she'd get that big smile on her face. She was just a a joyful person then. Uh, She also, she may have been the world's biggest Cubs fan. And uh, I could appreciate that, you know. So, but, but being a Cubs fan, but, and always have that smile on her face, being a Cubs fan really tested having that smile on her face all the time, didn't it? Any Cubs fans here, you know what I'm talking about, though. Um, and she was a grateful person as well. Very thankful for everything, constantly giving thanks to God and for the people in her life, for their goodness to her then. She was a very generous person as well. She loved to give and she loved to do for people. In fact, one of the ways that she was generous is, uh, is that she would invite, she and Lou would invite me to go to Cubs games to Wrigley Field with her. And I remember we get there. If you remember Lou, Lou was driving. He was, I'm not sure if he was a really good driver or not. Well, how would you answer that question? I think he was a really good driver, actually, but he was a scary driver. Wasn't that what it was? He was a really good, scary driver. So here we are. Lou is in his 90s, in his early 90s by this point. And we're driving. Lou, there's Lou. And, and B was always the navigator there. And there I am in the back seat gripping onto the, the, the back seat there as Lou is, spin, is cruising around in Chicago traffic because he always knows the best way to get everywhere there, right? And going to Wrigley Field there. And so I remember those. So I loved going that. And she, real, she and he both, they just loved to be generous and to do that. And there was a little routine, of course, we always had in going to the game. And one of B's was, is she loved baseball so much. She loved the Cubs so much. She kept score, you don't even do that. You should get a, a scorecard and actually keep score like the, you know, like the professional scorekeepers do with that. She was very good at doing that. So I remember always then her generosity in that. But she loved her family, um, all of her nieces and nephews. And there were many of them. As we said, she seemed to know all their birthdays and anniversaries then. But of course, she loved her dear Louie. And Lou was devoted to B. He would do anything for her. You know, I once asked how they met. And they told me that the choir director at B's church worked at Sunbeam with Lou. And they asked, he asked Lou if he wanted to meet a nice girl. And Lou said, no. <laughs> well, he did eventually meet her. And they started dating. And so Lou would take her all kinds. Of, Lou, Lou would take her to demolition derbies at Soldier Field, and in spite of that, I'm amazed that some, for some reason B married him anyway. Though, and Lou's mother said that B was the best thing that ever happened to Lou. You know, and I think that's almost true. She was definitely one of the best things that ever happened because the best thing that ever happened to Lou and to the both of them, in fact was their hope of eternal life that they had in Christ. 
You know, I always watched B and Lou. I always enjoyed watching their relationship with one another, how here they are, they'd been together all those many years, and how they would always walk together holding hands. You know, wherever we go, if we were in the city in Chicago or somewhere else, or just walking about, they were always holding hands wherever they walked. And I remember this, I told this story at, at Lou's home going uh, about seven years ago here now. But, but I loved one day that, that we had gone up to Milwaukee, to Miller Park, to see a Cubs game there. And we, uh, we got off of it, it was a bus that we took. We got off the bus, and then we were walking across this long parking lot to get to the stadium. And as usual, there are B and Lou walking along, holding hands all the way, and I'm just kind of enjoying that. When I look over and I happen to notice there were a couple of young ladies who saw this, and I could see that they were kind of looking at it, and they... They loved it. They appreciated it. They were enjoying this. And so eventually then they actually, they came over then to talk to B and Lou and kind of hear their story. And they wanted to get their picture with B and Lou, you know. So, so they did. And so they took picture there with B and Lou. And so they were just so thrilled to see this wonderful, loving couple still holding hands like that after all these years then. Well, wouldn't you know it though, my bubble was burst one day though. When, not one day that we just sang, another one day here. My bubble was burst one day, though, when B told me that they held hands like that all the time in order to help keep each other from falling down. So, well, that may have been a part, but I think there was probably a little bit more to it than that, though, wasn't there? But the, the, the most important thing about B, though, was that she loved the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, she was born into this world on December 5th, 1926, but she was born into God's family on October 22nd, 1936, and she walked faithfully with Christ then for 85 years. Uh, also, B was a warrior, though. I mean, she, you might think mild-mannered B, uh, but actually she was a warrior. She was a prayer warrior, and she faithfully prayed for many of you in this room here today, many of you watching online as well. In fact, she loved to sing, and she would sing solos here in the church in, in, in her younger years, but the last solo that she sang at Wonder Lake Bible Church was called, I Asked the Lord, He's Only a Prayer Away. And I'd like you to, to share these words of this, these, that she sang for this, this prayer warrior. They say, I asked the Lord to comfort me when things weren't going my way. And he said to me, I will comfort you and I'll lift your cares away. I asked the Lord to walk with me when darkness was all that I knew, and he said to me, Never be afraid, and I will see you through. I didn't ask for riches, but he gave me wealth untold, the moon and the stars, the sun and the sky, and he gave me eyes to behold. I thank the Lord for everything, and I count all my blessings each day, for he came to me when I needed him. I only had to pray. And he will come to you if you ask him to, for he's only a prayer away. You know, before B left this world and entered into the joy of her Lord in heaven, she told me that she wanted to make sure that everyone at her service knew 
that they could have the gift and the hope of eternal life through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I assured her that I would let everyone know that. So all of you here today, all of you listening or watching online then, that you too can have this hope of eternal life, that when we die, that's not the end, that's not the end of it, but that we can go into the presence of the Lord and there be the recipients and the objects of his eternal love and devotion and blessing forever and ever. And that is received, that gift is received through faith in Christ by repentance, turning away from sin and turning to Christ who took the punishment, the judgment for our sins upon himself, was on the cross. He died and he was buried, but then he rose three days later so that we might rise with him to and conquer death just as he did. He wants all of us, she wants all of us to know that then, that through faith, turning from sin, putting our trust in Christ and his completed work for us on the cross, we can have forgiveness and eternal life. We can be reunited with her and Lou and all those who've gone before us in Christ with them forever and ever on the new earth in heaven now and on the new earth then forever and ever. He wants, would want us to know that. And now you know. I'd like to take a moment then now to give an opportunity for anyone who might like to speak to share a few words. Is there someone who'd like to share some thoughts with us here about B and how you will remember her? Anyone? You can come right on up. Please hear me with these words. To remember is a sacred duty. Would you repeat after me? To remember is a sacred duty. Already we have received much data about B. But to me, she was Beanie. Her parents named her Bernice Noreen Meyer. When she married Lou, she was Mrs. Bernice Noreen Meyer Horwath. And you were right. He would often say, hey, Meyer, let's go. (laughs) Hey, Meyer, let's go. But we were at Cedar Lake Conference Grounds in about 1944. And at every camp, you have to have a skit night, right? And we were planning this skit. And I forgot what it was all about. And one of the guys said, hey, B, you're tall and thin. You look like a B, B, Beanie. And Beanie took after that, Beanie. But come with me. Because to remember is a sacred duty. October 22, 1936, children's meetings at Grace Gospel Tabernacle where we grew up together. And that night, it was the Good Shepherd calling the lost sheep. And both of us received Christ as our Savior To remember is a sacred duty. Yes, I thank the Lord for the friendships, the friendship he gave us. Often we would say this verse together. Lord, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them wisely. To remember is a sacred duty. We want to remember God's mercy and his faithfulness to be in life. The best thing was when they came up here. 
Lou just loved being a part of Wonder Lake Bible Church, but now he's got the best part, hasn't he? That's enough for now, this chapter. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Dan, for making sure she gets down. I figured I'd get up so the pikels will be done and the rest of y'all can give your memories. I thought I would hit a home run, so I have four pictures. First one starts with Beanie and Lou and Mom holding keys because Mom has a car from Beanie and Lou, and that's how I get along. I have health issues now. I'm not able to drive praying for the Lord to take care of that eventually because I want to return the favor and drive my mom. But uh, grateful for those memories. And then I echo your comment, Pastor Dan, about generosity. Beanie would take us out, and there's Aunt Joel Spann, who is present with the Lord, was one probably waiting at the doorstep when Aunt B, or when, uh, when B felt Beanie, sorry, <laughs> uh, went home to be with the Lord. But Beanie would always pay when we would come up for the gatherings. And there's the Cubs shirt. At least the Cubs won the World Series once. Yay, 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 yay. <laughs> then this picture, it would take me an hour to, and I don't have that much time. <clears throat> um, this is at 2929 Darrow, when my, my mom, dad, myself, and my brother lived years ago and this was a gathering with the family at mom's place and just precious memories it's because i got to know beanie i got to know lou i got to know aunt joel i got to know wonderful family but i saved this for last because my mom always likes to hold a picture for a picture and here there is the grace gospel tabernacle but the delightful dan cox who we mentioned as we talked this week on the phone, we were at Moody together, but we really didn't get to connect. It's really because Lou and Beanie came to this church, and we've enjoyed that ongoing friendship. So we praise the Lord for that. Next. Someone else like to share some thoughts uh, with us here. Lynn, the other big Cubs fan in this room. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, B loved to laugh. She just loved to laugh and do things. Uh, um, and she loved going out to lunch and stuff. And we did that a lot together. But the one time we went to the windmill, and uh, uh, it, we had a wonderful lunch, and we were uh, talking, and then we were done. And I said, "Let me go to the bathroom real quick," and uh, and I, you know, and then we can leave. So she watched everything, you know, and just sat there. And I left my phone there. And all of a sudden, my phone started uh, doing a rooster call. And it was so loud. And everybody's looking at her. And she didn't know how to, do, to shut this phone off. And, they, and, and everybody's laughing and everything. And she was so embarrassed. And I come um, back to the table, and I go, what's the matter? And she goes, fine, you come after the rooster call. You know, that was one time. Another time, we went to the bank together, and she did her business, and I had to uh, um, 
go in the back, I think, for the bathroom or something, and I was trying to get out the door to go out again, and all of a sudden, the uh, bank alarm went off. And everybody's running around, what's going on, what's going on? And, and uh, B just knew it had something to do with me, you know. And sure enough, you know, well, that is just a few of the wonderful times that, uh, that B and I shared together. She was a delightful, wonderful woman. And I called her uh, Mom, uh, Mama B, Mother B. Mother B, and uh, she adopted Shirley and I as her uh, daughters, and also she felt um, Linda was uh, like a daughter to her, too. But she was very generous. Oh, and this she gave me, and I used it till it, it fell, it's falling apart, but on it it said, says, but my God shall supply all your uh, need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 19. She was a great woman of faith and prayer, and I loved her dearly. Well, first off, I want to thank everybody who came today and everybody who is attending online. Uh, this is a great honor. Be loved, everybody. And, you know, I, when you talk about my Uncle Lou driving, I remember a real fun experience. This was funny. He goes, have you ever been to Plum Gardens? I'm like, no, Uncle Lou, I have not. Come on, we'll get in the car. Well, he had to make a few stops, and he goes, we got to take this shortcut because I don't want to go through the street this way. Uh. <laughs> it was so funny. And we had a, and he's right, you know, B and Lou loved Plum Gardens, and we had a great lunch together. But just many of the, the celebrations we had together over the years. I mean, I couldn't wait till Christmas came as a little girl sitting down in the basement waiting for Santa to come to the door. You know, that was the best thing ever. Uh, it was just delightful with the entire family. We always knew where we were going to go every Christmas. So it was terrific. Um, and a lot of good memories for all the nieces and nephews. But, uh, you know, the thing that was about B too, was that she, her faith was just wonderful. The things she shared and the prayers, you know, that she did for everybody that she loved. Big heart. And we just all loved her. And, uh, again, I'm grateful for everybody here today. I know you all love B, and I know you're here for her. And all those who can't be with us, I know they're shining down today, too. Thank you. She was the youngest niece, and I am the oldest niece, so I have to take over for me for all the birthdays and yeah. weddings and, and, and new, newborns. Yes, I, that was my job now. So hopefully I don't know that I'll last as long as her, but she, she did real well. And on this Christmas... We called her on Christmas Eve from my brother's house, and we all sang to her. And the next day, I went to my other brother's house, and we all sang to her. And the next day, I called, and she was gone. I talked to the nurse, and I said, will you go up and check on, on, on B? And she says, okay. About a half an hour later, she called and said, 
they just told me she died in a half an hour ago. So, but we were glad that we had that time to sing to her, and she appreciated it. And she was in her chair, and she was very comfortable there. And uh, the last year was tough because of COVID. And I don't know if you know this, but I moved in with her for four months the last year because I was recovering from other things. And uh, she says, why don't you come here and uh, you'll get your meals and we can have fun with the rest of the group. And yeah, and then COVID hit, and, but we had each other and we could still visit each other. So that helped a lot too for both of us. So we're going to miss you, B. We already do. And... Uh, Thanks for all the fun times we had with you and Grandma. And we used to live about a block from her when Bud and I were little. And there were five of us, though, finally lived in that little house on Rutherford. And uh, Esther lived real close by, too. And her whole family were babysitters for most of us. So they were the in-between generations. So we had a good time with the Spans. And... uh, we want to greet our friends, cousins in uh, California, and uh, hope you are enjoying this fun time we're having together, just celebrating Bee's life. And we, we just loved her, and we're going to keep continuing and being cousins together. There's many of us, and hope we get to meet everybody soon. So, okay, absolutely, that's enough. <laughs> I love <Yeah>. Judy. <laughs> love all my cousins. And yes, California, I hope you got online and or you could see this later. So we love you and thanks for all your support. Wisconsin and, Denver. and Wisconsin, Denver. Yeah. Thank you. We'd like to take some time now to reflect on B and how we will remember her give thanks for her, for her life, and how we have known her here, but also, though, give thanks that she has eternal life, and we can have that hope as well and be reunited with her one day. And uh, she is the gift, uh, she has received this gift of life through her great and glorious God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and how great God is, how great thou art indeed. Let's sing. This indeed was one of Beanie's favorites, and we will sing the first verse, we'll read the second verse, then we'll sing the third and fourth. The reason why we're changing from singing to reading, so this will help it get from our head to our heart, as scripture reminds us the importance of our love of the Lord, not just from our head, but our hearts. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. 
how great thou art, how great thou art. When through the woods and forest glades I wander, and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur, and hear the brook, and feel the gentle breeze, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. And when I think that God his Son not sparing sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my God how great thou art then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Amen. You know, our faith assures us and gives us hope, even as we grieve loss. It gives us the hope of eternal life and the resurrection of the body. You know, we all suffer with the frailties of the mortal body. And the longer we live in these mortal bodies, the years catch up with us. You know, Beanie had a very good long life, didn't she? 95 years. And in those years, the frailties of the mortal body definitely definitely had a chance to catch up with B. But even the strongest bodies begin to break down as we age, and we are all subject to disease, to aging, and to death. But the scriptures assure us that God has overcome all of that in Christ. 
that he has conquered death and been raised from the grave in order that we might follow him by faith in his victory. And because of that, we take comfort today in the hope of eternal life, but also the resurrection of the body. Take comfort, too, in the knowledge that God knows our sorrow, and he grieves along with us, offering us peace in the midst of our grief. The Apostle Paul speaks of this hope of eternal life and this hope of the resurrection of the body in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and 5, where there he speaks of the gospel, this good news, as being like a great treasure that we contain in jars of clay, these fragile mortal bodies. He says, We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. And this makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. And through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. And we know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself, and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. But while we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. Can anyone relate to that, groaning and sighing in these earthly bodies? But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by faith and not by sight. You know, the light that shines in our hearts is the gospel, the good news of hope, of forgiveness of sin, the gift of eternal life in Christ. We are like these fragile jars of clay that contain a great treasure, the hope of the gospel, the good news of eternal life and blessing. And even though we are subject to life's troubles and pain and the weaknesses of the mortal body, We can have hope. Our greatest enemy is sin and death, but Christ triumphed over them on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. And so too, united with Christ by faith, we can triumph over the grave as well, just as B has triumphed, and she will, her body will be raised and glorified. You know, our hearts and minds at a time of loss may be filled with many different powerful emotions, grieving, a sense of loss, sadness, and we may have Questions, questions that cannot be fully answered this side of heaven. And we don't have all of the answers to all of life's questions, but we can have peace and hope. We can take comfort in the gift of life and the resurrection. 
know, when we speak of the resurrection of the body, that God is going to raise B's body. He's going to raise our bodies. He's going to raise these bodies. Boy, how can he do that? Does God have the power to do that? But you know, Scripture says he's not only going to do that, he's going to make all things new. A new heaven and a new earth. He's going to make all things new on the earth as well, a new earth. And when I think about that, and I think about God's power to do those things, and God's power in my life, I always like to think of this, if you have been coming to this church for any time. Now, you have heard me say this before, so I'll ask you to bear with me for just a minute. But if you've not heard this before, I'd like us to think for just a moment on the incredible, great, we're saying how great thou art, the greatness of God's power and his love. But how great is God's power? Can he make these body new? Can he raise all of us? Can he make a new earth? And I like to think of this illustration of God's power. Uh, you know, we have a, a star not too far from us we call the sun. And uh, about 93 million miles away. And do you know how much power is emanating from the sun every second? Did you know that, think about all the power and the energy that it takes to run everything in the world, to run human civilization. Did you know that every two seconds, every two seconds, enough power emanates from the sun that could power human civilization for a million years. Think about that. A million years. Every two seconds, that's how much power is coming off of the sun. And you think, well, what kind of power did it take to create that much power out of nothing? And you might think, well, that's pretty impressive. But then you think, but, but you know, the sun is, is just one star And it's actually not even a particularly large star. It's a very average star. And so there is a star that we found, the largest star that we have found that we know of now is called Stevenson 218. You might ask, is it it bigger than our sun? Oh, yeah, how much? Is it 10 times bigger? No, or 100 times bigger? Or 1,000 times bigger? How about a million times bigger? No, Stevenson 218 is 10 times billion times larger than our sun. You could fit 10 billion of our suns. You could fit a million earths in the sun, in the sun, and you could fit 10 billion suns in this one star called Stevenson 218. Think about how much power, if, if, think about all the power that's coming from the sun. How much power is radiating off of Stevenson 218? It's unfathomable. And yet those are just two stars out of the trillion stars of our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy. And our galaxy is just a one star, or one galaxy out of a trillion galaxies. How much power did it take to bring all of that into existence out of nothing? And so I ask you, does God have the power to raise B? To raise us? To make a new earth? He can do all of that before breakfast, right? (laughs) Not a problem. And so we celebrate that today. Celebrate that hope. God will do all of this by his mighty power. You know, life is short, and the older I get, the more I realize that's true. And whether you live 20 years or 95 years 
or 105 years, life, the human life compared to eternity is but a breath, a vapor, isn't it? And so I think it's a time like this as we, we grieve together, but we celebrate together B's life. But it's also time to think about our lives and what we're doing with our lives and the time that we have been given. Because, we, because life is short, because none of us knows when our time on the, this earth will be through, I think we must endeavor to make the most of our lives, make the most of our time. I think we can do that by using our gifts and abilities to the fullest, by serving people. B did that, didn't she? She used her abilities to give and to serve. We can make the most of our lives by loving people. B did that, didn't she? She loved people. But most importantly, then, I think we make the best use of our lives by loving God and entrusting ourselves then to him in the end. And that's what B did as well. B was a life very well lived. So it's my hope and my prayer that you will find peace and comfort then in your memories of B, peace and comfort in the love of family and friends. But most of all, may you find peace and comfort in the almighty arms of God and in the hope of eternal life, which is found in Christ. You know, we sang a song in our worship service earlier today called I Can Only Imagine. It is a song that B loved. She loved that song, and we sang it in our service here today. And I'd like to just uh, speak these words of this song to you now. I think B would sing this song, listen to this song in joyful anticipation. But for her, this song, this is no longer anticipation. This is reality. And this is what it says. Because I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you, be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I can only imagine when that day comes and I find myself standing in the sun. I can only imagine when all I will do is forever forever worship you. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing, hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. We imagine that, that, that imagination is now reality and sight for her. But we can have that hope of joining her then too and seeing that we can have that hope of heaven. To close our service here today, we're going to sing our final song called When We All Get to Heaven. And as we sing this, let's give thanks for Bee's life, uh, for the legacy that she leaves, and for the hope of life which she had in Christ. As we prepare to sing this final song... I know it was Beanie's desire, and I know it's Pastor Dan's, my mom's, and mine, that the word all 
would apply to all of us here and all who are watching online. But I find that some of us learn better, not just from hearing something, but by reading it. And I had the privilege of inviting a friend years ago to the church in Chicago to play basketball. Yes, it can be more than an idol. It can be a tool for ministry. And I said, do you know for sure if you'd go to heaven when you die? He said, I hope so. I said, hope so? You don't know so? And the following week, I went through a booklet called The Four Spiritual Laws, which is now called Would You Like to Know God Personally? It's from Crew or Campus Crusade for Christ online. And there's going to be books at the welcome for those who are here. They will be left there for you to take, either to share with a friend or read yourself. And the joy of realizing when we all get to heaven, this will be, we will sing the first verse, we'll read the second verse, and we'll sing the third and fourth. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. walk the pilgrim pathway clouds will overspread the sky but when traveling days are over not a shadow not a sigh when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see jesus will sing and shout the victory Stand up, please. Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of Him in glory will the toils of life repay. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. of gold when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus we'll sing and shout the victory
Let's pray. Eternal God, you are the consolation and the support of all who trust in you. I pray that you would grant your sustaining strength to our hearts. I ask that your powerful Holy Spirit, the Comforter, would give us peace. I ask that you would give B's family the peace that surpasses human understanding. We thank you for her life. May we all be comforted by our many wonderful memories of her, by the love of family and friends, and by the hope of eternal life, which is found in Christ. I pray that you will be gracious to us today and all the days of our lives. And I ask all of these things in the name of our Savior. Amen. Amen.